Hey there, welcome to the Hopeful Birth Podcast. I'm Jessie Shelto, your host for the next little bit while we make a new friend and hear her birth story. Birth has affected my life in profound ways, and I'm not just talking about the new little person that comes in to rock my world. Birth has shaped how I engage with my Heavenly Father, and I hope it does the same for you. So whether you're preparing for a birth and wanting to learn more about your options for moms who have been there and done that, or are processing through a previous birth, I pray that the Father makes his heart for you and your baby evident as you listen. In this episode number three, we're hearing from my friend Kelly McKittrick, girl mom extraordinaire. Kelly started out her pregnancy under the care of an OB practice, but having had some unsettled feelings with that plan, she switched her care mid-pregnancy to hospital-based midwives. Her second birth was an unplanned home birth, so with their third, Kelly and her husband officially made the switch to home birth. You'll hear about Kelly's experience with each of these three different care models and how she encourages moms to pay attention to God's stirrings in their hearts as they think about their pregnancy care and birth hopes. Later on in the episode, we'll hear from Leah Kilmer of Loving Birth Doula Services. Leah is a birth doula serving mamas in the upstate of South Carolina. Now, even though I'm quite the birth geek, please remember that my guests and I are not medical professionals, so continue seeing your care provider and seeking their counsel for your care. Now, let's get things started. Here are Kelly's birth testimonies. Hey, Kelly. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we were able to make this work and that you are willing to share about your three girls' birth stories. Absolutely. So before we get started, will you just introduce us to your family? Yes. So I am Kelly and I'm married to my husband, Kyle. We've been married almost nine years and we have um, three sweet, really sweet little girls together. Uh, Keegan is five. Kate is four. They're 13 months apart. And then there's Claire, who is two. Um, So yeah, those are our children. Yay. Fellow girl mom. Yes. (laughs) Yes. All the girls. All the time. Our poor husbands are friends in real life and they, they don't, they have no boys between them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure last time they talked, Kyle was like, welcome to the all girls club. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but they're great. They are, I think, I think it makes uh, for a lot of fun and the two of them and well, like don't totally background. Neither of them have sisters. So that's fun. (laughs) They're really learning. That's right. (laughs) They're really learning about this girl thing. (laughs) Well, will you tell us a little bit about um, pregnancy with Keegan and that journey? Will you tell us what your pregnancy was like with Keegan? Absolutely. So Keegan was I was surprised with Keegan, but she was actually a pretty, um, pretty easy pregnancy. It was much different than the other two because I started out my pregnancy working. Um, so just kind of navigating like the first trimester of nausea and trying to work was probably the hardest part of my pregnancy. And then um, into being at home, just some background before I was pregnant with Keegan, I was seeing a gynecologist. She was not an OB. So of course I, um, had to make a switch from doctors, which being pregnant for the first time, that was kind of a scary move. Cause I had been with this one woman since, you know, I had to start seeing a female doctor. So she gave me a recommendation and I saw them and I just, while they were 
great in their own way. It didn't feel personal. I felt like I was just another cog in the wheel coming through. And I had heard um, uh, some commercials for the Greenville Midwifery Center when they first opened probably years before I actually got pregnant with Keegan. I don't, I think they'd been open a few years before I was even pregnant with her. And I don't know, there was just something so calming about the idea of a water birth. It was the water birth aspect that just really resonated with me. And so I trusted my gynecologist. So I stuck with the OBs and just, I had, my job was very stressful and I was getting to a point where I wasn't sure if that was affecting my pregnancy. Um, I actually did miscarry very early on in a pregnancy before Keegan. So I was very nervous that my stress level um, could possibly be having some really bad results on her. And they really didn't take my concerns very seriously. And that's kind of it. I had already been sharing concerns with how I was being treated at the, um, OB office with my husband and my mom. And they were just like, are you sure a midwife is how you want to go? Because let me tell you, if I had any aches or pains, I was taking medication. You know, if I had a headache, like I wasn't going to suffer through it. I'm just going to go ahead and take that Excedrin, like no harm, no foul. So the idea of having to go through labor and delivery um, with no medication is kind of why they were like, are you sure? Like, I think you're good where you're at, but having, not having the emotional support of what I need really pushed me over the edge. And I remember one day I set up my, um, appointment with meet the midwives, which was like coming up and Kyle worked swing shift. So he wasn't going to be able to come. And I just remember telling him and my mom, like, listen, I'm going, I'll let you know how I think about it. And mom, if you want to come with, come on, but I'm going with or without you. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I came home and talked about it with Kyle, he definitely, um, he saw that it was something that we needed to do and was much, very willing to, you know, submit to that idea and just go with it and was completely um, on board from that moment forward. Um, so anyways, the midwives kind of brought us to a much more uh, holistic way of life. Um, I was having some body issues and just like sciatic nerve issues, really. I think that a lot of, a lot of us go through that um, in pregnancy. And it was a big thing I was experiencing. And they pushed me towards um, a particular midwife in our area or a chiropractor in our area who has been fabulous. Jesse, I know you know that I kind of pushed her on everybody. <laughs> and now my family goes and sees the same chiropractor. <laughs> We're like, um, you're having any issue? Have you seen the chiropractor? <laughs> we love her, Dr. Kara. I was gonna say, Dr. Kara Davis. If, you, if you're in Greenville, go see Healthy for Life Chiropractic. Right. <laughs> but um, so, anyways, to make a long story short, with Keegan, um, we I ended up laboring at home for. It was back labor for a good uh, 18 hours, and I actually was scheduled to see Kara um, that day, but I didn't know if she could adjust me or not in labor, mm -hmm. and um, she ended up getting back to me and saying, hey, like, yes, I can adjust you. I can probably help you along in this process, and 
So we had seen the midwife. We had to go see the midwives. So I told her, I'm getting checked by the midwife. Like we're going to go see the midwives. And then um, if I'm not, you know, sent to the hospital, we will totally come see you. Um, I think if I remember correctly, when I saw the midwives, I was four centimeters dilated that afternoon. And so we went across town to see Kara. She let us know that, hey, like a lot of times, I can't promise you that, but if a lot of moms who come to see me in labor get adjusted and things go much quickly, like much more quickly than they did prior to having that, you know, being aligned and all those things will, will get you going. Foreshadowing so, uh, everyone. Foreshadowing. Right. <laughs> so, um, she adjusted me and by the time I got in the car in her parking lot, which is not a big parking lot, I told Kyle, I was like, I feel like I need to push. I'm like, I'm not going to, but I feel like I need to push. So he called the midwife and she did not, <laughs> she did not believe me. She was like, I just saw you and you were only four centimeters dilated. Um, so we, she wanted us to go to her office, um, before going to the hospital understandably so for her to have to go across the street to the hospital to see us when she was literally across the street. So poor Kyle, he's rushing to get me back across town. We get stopped by the cops. (laughs) I forgot about that part. (laughs) (laughs) And Kyle is, uh, yeah, bless his heart because the whole time I'm like, dear Lord, please. Like I was not in the right mind to like be speaking to the officer. Mm -hmm. So I'm just praying to God that he tells this guy that I am in labor. (laughs) And finally a contraction hits and the officer leans down and looks in the car and he's like, ma'am, are you okay? And he was like, oh yeah, by the way, she's in labor. (laughs) So um, the officer was actually very kind and willing to escort us to the hospital. But um, Kyle declined saying that we needed to go see the midwife first. (laughs) And we should have just gone to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) so anyways we go to um see the midwife we get in she checks to see how far along I was and I believe I was like eight and a half centimeter or something ridiculous um very quickly I mean from the time that we had seen her before was less than an hour at that point Mm -hmm. um and so um (laughs) for all dramatic effect like water breaks in the middle of the midwifery room (laughs) and she's she's begging me not to push a baby out on the table and sends me across the (laughs) across the street to um the hospital and says that she'll meet us over there and um that talk about having like meeting the lord during your labor um you know labor um natural labor especially back labor was no fun. You know, just as you know, Jesse, your first experience in labor is always just, it doesn't matter how many classes you do. Um, you, you're nervous. You've never been through this before and you just don't know what could happen. Um, so we get there and they've done this a million times that they see babies all the time. They see moms in labor. So their perspective, Perspective is not as urgent as ours mm-hmm. and just knowing what I felt in my body 
but not being able to articulate that out because I was focusing on what was going on. Um, took a lot of prayer. <laughs> they wanted to admit me into just like, what is that called, Jesse? The first, the, the first triage. area. Yeah, there you go. Triage. And I was like, no, like we don't have time for this. Like <laughs> we don't have time for this. And you know, she's putting paperwork in my lap and I'm in too much pain to physically fill out paperwork. Um, and again, mostly psyche. It's not even, I do think labor is painful. Don't get me wrong, but it's more psychologically painful, not knowing and not understanding, um, not, not understanding, but just the fear of the unknown really, um, of delivering your first baby. So anyways, I give the paperwork to Kyle. We end up not going to triage, but we end up going to um, the business office for insurance stuff. That's crazy. I'm in active labor, y'all. Like, <laughs> I'm like trying, I'm literally trying not to push her out because I had been having an urge to push cool. since, you know, had to be at least 20 minutes at this point by the time we saw Kara, got the midwife, if not longer. Mm-hmm. I remember gripping that that uh, wheelchair, just praying to the Lord that I do not like say anything that I was going to have to like repent for later. And just like, Lord, please just be with us and get us in a room and don't let me act like, you know, don't let me act some way that I shouldn't be acting right now. Like, let this be peaceful. So um, it didn't stop there. They did get us in a room and they they made me, they tried to make me sign paperwork while I was delivering, like dropped a pen in the water. It was, it was fantastic. Ooh. It was fantastic, girl. Um, lots of praying over that. Lots of praying. Over that. Um, but it was actually, it was, we got in the tub. I got my water birth that I wanted. Um, however, I labor, I like to labor on all fours. That's how I did it with every single one of my children. And, um, Keegan was going to come out where her nose was going to hit the air before it hit the water. So she could have asphyxiated. So she needed to, I needed to stand up and deliver this baby outside of the water because there was no way to get me further into the water for her to be delivered. So um, the midwife looked at Kyle and said, Hey, there's no nurse in here because the nurse didn't come back in time, which was funny because when I got in there, she said, um, what did she say? She said that this was the first birth she had in that room because the water pools were like new to the hospital at that time. And she said that she wanted me to deliver the baby before shift change so she could be a part of the delivery. And, um, so again, foreshadowing here, she, uh, they called for the mid for the nurse to come in and she was not able to make it. So she, our midwife was like, okay, Kyle, like it's go time, bud. <laughs> so she said, I'm going to stand her up and you're going to catch this baby. So literally they stood me up and Kyle caught Keegan. And then we were able to return to the water and kind of, you know, um, just figure out, <laughs> hey, you birthed the baby. There's a baby here, you know, kind of figure all that out. And um, I remember being like so proud of Kyle and so scared that we just delivered a baby and we didn't know what we were doing all at the same time. Um, And, but it was really sweet being, being able to um, 
move from the tub to the bed and just watching Kyle be able to already have such strong connections to her because of everything he got to experience um, alongside me and being so active in the labor was really, really fun. So Mm -hmm. there is my long story (laughs) (laughs) about Keegan. Yeah. So what, would you mind sharing like a little bit uh, about your postpartum with Keegan? How did that go um, after your, after that quick birth? So I was probably because of how quick it was, I wasn't necessarily in a great um, mindset in the hospital. Like our, like she put her to my chest and Keegan was rooting around. And I think I was just so overwhelmed with the um, experience and the fact that we brought a child into this world that I wasn't thinking straight to like, Hey, let's let her eat. Like she's gone through this, long 20 hour labor with you and probably needs needs to eat um and no one really was like hey kelly put the baby on there (laughs) (laughs) um so that kind of like translated to some complications with feeding and um so that was a little there was some there was some trauma and postpartum in that area Mm -hmm. um we figured it out. She ended up being a formula baby and that was good. But for my psyche, it was, it was a little, uh, it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't what I wanted to do. So just grappling with the fact that, Hey, you know, breast is best, but that's just not what we can do right now. And formula is going to be okay. And then, you know, I'm not, I'm not messing her up. I'm not screwing her up. Like she will, she will be a healthy, happy baby mm-hmm. despite being on formula, um, which was an interesting grapple. And as far as me physically, um, I healed pretty well. I had taken, um, what is the supplement? I'll have to see if I can, I'll get you the information for one of the supplements that I took that was super helpful, yeah. um, for healing purposes. Um, but I think mentally was more of where my postpartum um, was and just grappling with what I thought was the right decisions versus what um, physically I was able to do as well as, um, you know, what society said we should be doing and just the mental, the mental process of that uh, was a lot. And then I got pregnant with Kate four months later. So I don't know that I ever recovered from postpartum (laughs) with Keegan to be super honest. Yeah. We just, we just kind of cycled through to the next one. (laughs) So I think there's quite a story associated with finding out you're pregnant with, um, with Kate. So will you tell us about that? Of course. So, um, did not expect to be pregnant (laughs) four months after clearly. Uh, I don't think most women choose that when they have babies so close together, but I don't know why it was so unexpected. I, my period had returned, so it's not like it wasn't possible. Not that it's not possible before that, but I was cued into the fact that this could happen. Yeah. Um, but I was very, very sick with her in the first trimester. Um, I did not know I was pregnant with her. I was just sick. And I thought Keegan was born in November. So kind of still 
running through flu season kind of, I, I feel like I remember that that was like the flu had lingered longer. Not that the flu season isn't there, but it was kind of still increasing four months later, you know, and um, I was just convinced I had the flu. And I told my mom, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like, I really just think that I need to go to the doctor. Um, I cannot get over this. And my mom's like, mm, Kelly, I think you're pregnant. No, mom, there's no way. There's no way. So finally, um, after a lot of back and forth with my mom <laughs> and not being able to get well, um, I finally went ahead and took a pregnancy test, scheduled a doctor's visit to confirm the pregnancy. And I remember going in before I saw the doctor, we were actually getting an ultrasound because I actually went back to the gynecologist just because I'd been with them forever and trusted them. Um, the ultrasound, the sound tech who is there. And so we saw her before we saw the doctor and I just automatically assumed because with Keegan, we found out really early in the pregnancy. So I had a vaginal ultrasound with her. So I just assumed and I asked, that that's how we were going to do it. And she said, you know, before you start taking off your clothes, let's, let's do it on the belly and see if we can see anything versus you having to go through all that. And Jesse, she put that Doppler on my belly and starts busting out laughing. And I was like, Oh Lord, like, what are you about to tell me about this child? Like, clearly it's not bad if she's laughing, but what is she thinking? She said, honey, you are 13 weeks pregnant. Like, you're not just a little bit pregnant. <laughs> so I had gone 13 weeks being sick, thinking I had the flu, and really I just had a baby. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was, that was fun and a bit of an <laughs> icebreaker. <laughs> Nothing like going in thinking that you're like, you know, six, eight weeks pregnant. No, no, you're really pregnant. You've just, you've gone through your whole first trimester thinking that you had the flu. <laughs> wow. Don't be like me, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be so stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then you said you were sicker with Kate and obviously with the flu. Yes. Um, was there anything different about her pregnancy? Um, other compared to Keegan's? She was actually, aside from the morning sickness in the first trimester, she was actually the best pregnancy um, out of all three girls. Just, I only really gained weight in my belly. I didn't have a lot of, aside from morning sickness, I didn't really have a ton of symptoms. And I don't know if it's just because my body was like, hey, we just did this. We know what's going on or that we were also in survival mode, you know, with a brand new baby trying to figure life out. But God was very kind to me <laughs> the rest of that <laughs> pregnancy that we didn't. And I still, I was seeing um, Dr. Kara for chiropractic. And I think seeing her, I never stopped seeing her from Keegan to Kate. So I think that that probably benefited the pregnancy a lot as well. So she was actually quite an easy um, pregnancy aside from those first 13 weeks that we didn't know about. Right. What were you envisioning birth for her to be like? And did you guys do anything to prepare for her birth? So, yes. So um, kind of to back up the midwives at the time with Keegan were trying to open a birth center downstairs in their practice. And with 
the tubs and all the things. And I would have really loved that for Keegan um, because if anything were to go wrong and we need medical assistance, the hospital was literally across the street from the birth center. Um, but we knew that that wasn't really a possibility for Keegan. They wouldn't be open in time. So Kate, that was our plan for Kate was um, to be able to travel to the birth center, to be with the midwives. And then if anything were to be complicated, us to have to go in for a C-section or whatever, if labor go too long and we need the epidural, whatever, we could go across the street and birth at the hospital and have all of that right there, but still have the freedom of being at the birth center and not have to deal with triage or the business center again. <laughs> um, so that was, that was our plan for, um, for a little miss Kate. That's not what happened, but that was our plan for Kate. Yeah. So will you tell, will you share with us how your labor started with Kate? So, yeah. So with all my babies, I went into labor at nighttime and Every time, well, for Keegan and Kate, I but I told Kyle, I said, you know, I don't know why, but I probably was in early labor and just didn't realize that that's what it was. Like, but I think that we're gonna probably have a baby like tonight, tomorrow. Like, just so you're aware, like that's kind of prep yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I remember I had told him that, like, hey, we're probably gonna be in labor with Kate here soon. And I woke up and was definitely in labor with Kate. Now with Keegan, with her labor being so long, it was recommended to me with Keegan, if I couldn't sleep, to take a Benadryl because that would help me sleep at least in between contractions. Mm -hmm. So I could do most of my laboring at home. And if I woke up during a contraction, I would likely fall back asleep um, to be able to get some rest before it was time to come in. So I just went ahead and did that and I didn't fall asleep and I should have known because Benadryl makes me pass out. So I should have known that when the Benadryl didn't make me go to sleep, we were probably further along than I thought we were. <laughs> and so since I couldn't sleep, I went to the tub to labor in the tub before it was time to go to the midwives because um, if you aren't familiar with midwives, you cannot go as early as you would necessarily go to the hospital. They like you to be, what is it, Jess, like six to seven centimeters before they want to see you. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, again, since I woke up, I didn't think I was that far in labor to need to, to go see the midwives. I wasn't, wasn't really worried that that's where we were at. Um, I wasn't in any sort of mindset. Um, so anyways, I went to labor in the tub and that went really well. I'd highly suggest no matter how you birth your baby, if you can, if you can get some water <laughs> on your back or on your belly, it's, it helps immensely. But, um, my water broke in the tub. Like, okay. I think we need to go now. <laughs> it's time. Unfortunately, I started going through transition labor. Um, and I couldn't move. I just, I told Kyle, I was like, I physically cannot get up. And he said, babe, we've got to, like, if we've got to get to the birth center. Mm -hmm. So luckily my mom had already been on the way since I couldn't, um, before I got in the tub, we had called her and let her know to come. So she came right about the same time that I was able to finally like, okay, 
I can get up and get to the car. Poor Kyle, so stressed out, like so stressed out. (laughs) Water's breaking at home. Got to get mama to the hospital or get mama to the midwife. He had pulled the car up literally to our steps to our front porch. Like, so I didn't even have to walk to the car. And I'd gotten on, I got to the porch right before I walked down the stairs and I could feel Kate's head crowning. Okay. We're not going. So babe, I can't get in this car. Like we're about to have this baby. He said, no, no, we have to try. Like we can't have this baby at home. (laughs) We have to get to the midwives. We're going to have a baby in the car or we're going to have the baby in the house. Like (laughs) I'd rather have the baby in the house than in the car. So I turned back around to get in the house to try to get back into the tub to birth her. And I did not make it. We got to the hallway, um, actually right. Poor Keegan was sleeping in the other room and had no idea what was going on right outside her, <laughs> her door. And um, my mom, I literally, poor Kyle, he called the midwife. He was on the phone with the EMS, um, just in complete shock as to what was going on. You know, that was not in the plans. We were not supposed to be birthing a baby at home with no medical assistance. So, um, he is, it's like, it's funny to hear him tell the story because he was running around trying to find a shoelace because apparently when you call EMS and tell them you're having a baby, their biggest concern is the umbilical cord. And Kyle in his right mind knew like, Hey, we aren't going to do this. Like we're not going to use a nasty shoestring to like clamp the umbilical cord. Like we're going to let it continue to pulse and do its thing. But for some reason, just in the, in the sheer panic, he was still trying to find a clean shoestring. (laughs) And so I literally like walked my mom through. I was like, all right, I'm going to push. Once I push, you tell me what you see. (laughs) And so, cause again, delivering on all fours, I don't really know what's going on down at that end. And, um, was thankful my mom was there to help. And she's like, all right, I, there, there's a little bit, like the head is out. <laughs> so literally like walked through that and praise God, I knew where the suction was, was able to tell her exactly where the suction was to be able to help clear Kate out. Um, and EMS got there and was able, they were, they were so upset that they didn't get there. This one guy, he's like, I've literally done everything except for deliver a baby. And earlier today I was like, the one thing I haven't been able to do is deliver a baby. So he was hopeful that he'd be able to get there and (laughs) deliver her. So that was, that was, that was funny, but they ended up taking me and Kate to the hospital. Um, just to be checked out. The midwife said it'd be better for us to go ahead and go there versus come into the, um, birthing center she ended up staying because she came so quickly, um, as they call it, she wasn't able to get ringed out. So she had some fluid that she did end up working out on her own, but we did end up in the hospital for a brief period of time, uh, making sure she was able to work on that. Postpartum went really well. Of course, I was more concerned with uh, breastfeeding her and um, just figuring out how to have two babies that were 13 months apart. Um, Looking back, I don't know how we did it, but we did it. And, you know, that was just, that was life for us. And I also knew what I needed from people um, who wanted to come help. I was able to kind of give better directions. Um, Everyone is well-meaning. And I think that everyone 
um, who comes to bring food or just to wish you well or to snuggle a baby is all helpful, but there are certain things that people can do that are more helpful than other. And um, knowing your needs is huge. And luckily we had just experienced that with Keegan. So I knew what I needed and was able to, when people asked me, Hey, what do you need? I could give them pointed answers versus just saying, Oh, whatever. You know, I knew that laundry is a struggle for me. And I know that there are a couple of friends of mine who are more than willing to help do my laundry and I'm comfortable with them doing our laundry or, Hey, you know, I don't necessarily need a warm meal, but if we had some fruit, a fruit tray and a meat tray and a cheese tray, you know, those things would be helpful because then I could just snack when I needed to and don't have to really worry about heating them up and things like that. So um, postpartum in that sense was a lot better for me because I kind of knew it was fresh in my mind what we were getting into um, to be able to be more pointed with our requests from others. And I, um, with Keegan, I didn't, it wasn't that I didn't want to eat, but it was just like, I didn't eat. Kyle was constantly like, Hey Kelly, that sandwich has been sitting there next to you for about 45 minutes and you've only taken two bites. Like you need to get that nutrition in your system. Mm -hmm. So, um, with Kate, it was more so I knew that that was an issue for me and being able to focus on um, fueling my body to be able to take care of the kids was definitely um, beneficial. She um, later on, we realized was tongue tied and lip tied, which we weren't really expecting because her, she latched very well. So about a month in that became a complication that we weren't really prepared for or knowledgeable for. So, um, that took some time. I don't think we got her tongue and lip tie corrected till she was probably six months old. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was a, we pumped at that point. She was exclusively, I, she was breast milk fed, bottle fed. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of pumping and feeding happened. So of course, two babies, 13 months apart, plus pumping constantly. Um, we were like, we can't get pregnant again. <laughs> like, mm. I can't, I need some time in between. Um, and at that point we kind of, we thought we were done. Claire was a big old surprise. I think you'd think by two other ones, we would know how to, you know, not have babies and how babies are made, but <laughs> God blessed us with <laughs> little Claire. Um, Oh gosh, her and Kate are literally just shy of um, two months or two years apart. So uh, we joke that we have a breeding season because Keegan's a November baby and Kate and Claire are December babies. <laughs> um, so that's like a big joke for us that there's a mating season in the McKittrick house. But um, I will say having the girls a little bit older and having Claire has been fun to watch um, their relationship with her be a little bit different than the relationship that they have. But yeah, so um, didn't plan Claire as far as our distance apart and postpartum goes. That was all on God. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I was, I was thankful that we had a good two years under our belt before another baby, um, graced our presence in the home. Yeah. So did, did the, the speed of your first two births then 
make you guys question or think through what you would plan for your third? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, actually what I didn't mention with Kate was I wanted to have Kate at home with a midwife who would come to your house. Um, I wanted to experience that because of the, um, experience we'd had in the hospital, not being overly friendly, kind of same, you know, same story with switching from the OB to the midwife. I just, there's something that, you know, you know, Jess, like birth is so personal. So to not be able to get a personalized experience was really, um, difficult for me to, to swallow. And so, um, Kyle wasn't really comfortable at that point, not being close to the hospital, um, with Kate, but clearly, uh, the Lord taught us a lesson that babies don't do. (laughs) Our plan is not always his plan and babies come when babies come and we can't stop that. So, um, Definitely, we found a midwife who came to us and um, Carrie with Hatched. I know that now here in Greenville, we are getting a lot more midwives, but at the time she was kind of our only option, but she was the perfect option for us. So um, when we found out we were pregnant with Claire, we did make the switch to an at-home midwife. And um, it just so happened that one of my really good friends was also a doula. So we brought her on board for support as well. Um, just with all the chaos that poor Kyle experienced in birthing to have have someone else, um, alongside was something that I was so glad to, uh, be able to plan for and have her come to our home and, and help us through that. So yes, um, we did change some things for Claire because of Kate for sure. Did you, did you notice a specific, like a, a certain change in even the difference because now you've, you've had OB care, you've done the midwifery, the CNM care connected with the hospital, the birth center. And then now you have a, a a CPM, I think then Mm -hmm. for your home birth. So was the care different? Could you, would you talk a little bit about that just to let the listeners kind of hear what the, how the experiences are, are different from one another? Yes. Yes, of course. So, Um, I feel like with each stair step that we made, um, it was, it just became more personalized because with the OB, of course, they're connected to a hospital. They have, you know, their doctors, they have regulations that they have to follow with. And, um, again, they, they see lots of, lots of women who are having babies. This is, um, that's, that's their job. And, uh, I think that there are some great OBs, don't get me wrong, but it's definitely the clinical setting. It's not, it's not overly personable. Um, you see every doctor in the um, practice because you don't know who's going to be helping you catch that baby or deliver that baby. Um, so that's, it was hard because there were so many doctors in that office to really get to know anyone and that I, I am a people person. I'm a relational person and I want to know people well. And I didn't feel like I could do that. And with it being so intimate, um, for me personally, it just, it was, uh, it was a hard, it was hard for me, but I do, I mean, there are plenty of mamas who see OBs and, and love their OBs. It just wasn't a good fit for us. 
So when we went to the midwives, uh, again, like Jesse said, they are still in connection to the hospital. A lot of these midwives are um, nurse midwives and they, um, they have to follow some different regulations than um, our CPNs. Is that right? Is that what they are? Yes. And um, so they kind of are under more strict regulations and things that they have to follow. So um, there was like, so glucose testing, for example, um, even though it wasn't my first baby and my first baby went well and all my numbers looked good, I was still made to do glucose testing and some other things that um, a CPN can kind of like, hey, your numbers look good. We don't necessarily have to go through everything that we went through with the midwives or the OBs simply because one, it wasn't my first baby. Um, but two, she had more freedom in that because, um, of the way her licensing works really. Um, and then also with the home midwife, it was just, it was just more personal. She set, she was able to set more time with us. Um, she wasn't under regulations into how many patients she has to have and how much time she can spend with them. Um, it was very much a family experience. You know, the girls, the girls came with, they were in the room for all of it. It's a whole lot less invasive too. Um, physical exams, um, you know, it's outside belly measuring and, and listening to the baby. But really I felt like, I, I think, I don't even know that I had a vaginal exam. I think with the doctor, because you do have to go and there has to be a doctor overseeing um, the midwife. So I did have to see the doctor once and maybe, I don't even know if I had him, like he might've still just me measured my belly too. It's a lot less invasive as far as um, that's concerned. Um, just a lot more, uh, I would say, family-friendly and relationally um, centered than either of the other two options. I, you know, I can sing praises about someone in every single one of those offices, but definitely I feel at-home midwives have the ability to be, they kind of come into your family. They're not just your doctor. They, they become a part of the family. So that would be, I'd say the biggest difference between, um, the three is just, um, clinical experiences as well as, um, relational experiences. Yeah, absolutely. So how did your labor end up starting with little Claire? So with Claire, I actually went into labor, um, earlier than the day. Uh, I'd kind of like, Again, I was probably in early labor and just didn't realize that I was already in early labor. Um, it's funny, my um, my neighbor, she is, she loves, she's done having babies, but she loves birth stories. So I was like, hey, if you want to come be a part, that's totally fine. And she, um, she offered to take pictures as a thank you for being able to be in the room um, to experience birth. And I had told her that morning that, hey, I think, you know, I think today's the day. Just, I'm not going to, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But just FYI, it's probably going to happen. And 
she said, she looked at my belly and she's like, you like, you hadn't really dropped. So I wasn't sure like that that was going to happen. She's like, and then I saw you later on the day and you had clearly dropped. And I thought, okay, I should be prepared for this. (laughs) So, um, probably again, I just kind of, it wasn't anything very specific, just kind of started having, um, cramping and, and clearly contractions, um, very slight, but kind of Kate started coming on strong and everyone knew with Kate that I moved quickly. So we made the phone calls, Hey, we probably don't need you right this second, but go ahead and finish up what you're doing and head on this way. (laughs) So, um, uh, we, Keegan and Kate had been home and I really wanted them to experience it, but it was one of those days that they were just kind of off the charts and we're like, this is not going to be, this is not going to be pretty, you know, not, not helpful for them, not helpful for us. So, um, they went to go hang out with my mom and a little while later after they left, our doula got there and, um, she, she was great because she knew me very personally. She's one of my best friends. And, um, she, we are into essential oils and try to, because of our birth stories are more naturally minded and she is too. So she kind of knew my wishes without me, um, talking about them and was able to just kind of set me up. Like she, because we're such close friends, she knows that I love really hot baths. Like I don't want to be in lukewarm water. Um, But she also knew that the tub that they were blowing up in my living room was not going to be hot enough. There was no way to get something that size hot enough. So she put me in my tub to labor um, and set up my essential oils that she knew that I wanted and we kind of went from there, but it was just, we eased into labor, um, with her, but also prepared for a really short, rapid labor. So it was like the first contraction phone calls were being made because we just didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. So how long was, did your labor end up being? Um, so how, how long did it end up being for her? I think from the time we made the phone calls to her actual birth was six hours. So actually it ended up being longer than Kate. I think Kate ended up being like four hours or something. So it was longer, but still significantly shorter than Keegan at, you know, 21 hours. Um, So yeah, it was, it was, it was a nice medium, <laughs> not too fast, not too slow. Yeah. Did your midwife come in pretty shortly after you guys had called her? Yes. So she, she actually happened to be out at like a family dinner and she was like, Hey guys, I've got to finish up. So, um, because again, I didn't want her to come too soon because we didn't know if she'd come, if Claire would come as quickly as Kate. So I didn't want to like I didn't want to be that person who like interrupted everybody's lives. And then we didn't need them for a while either. Um, Again, this wasn't our first rodeo. So it was kind of more, I was more comfortable being at home if we um, with labor than having to have everybody there. So she um, was able to finish up dinner and go home and do what she needed to do before coming to see us. And she came, 
she came in probably 20 minutes after my doula, um, maybe a little bit longer. She lives on the other side of town, whereas the doula was right across the street, really. So yeah, so, so she was there. She came and checked on me, but really, so again, the difference with an OB and a midwife um, is how invasive and clinical things need to be. And with, um, and I think that even OBs these days don't really check you unless you're asked. Um, some of them may, depending on how far along, just to know if you should be at the hospital, we'll check you and things like that. But um, with midwives, they really only check to see how dilated you are. If you ask, they kind of trust a woman's body and intuition and um, really only kind of check out the situation when it's time to actively push, which they a lot of times depend on the mother's reactions. They just kind of know, like they've done it so long and are so experienced in it that they just know what transition looks like. And they know, um, they know the signs to, okay, you know, we probably need to get down there because someone's going to need to go catch a baby kind of thing. But, um, so when Carrie came in, she just kind of checked on me, um, for emotional support and then went back out into the living room to kind of do her thing. Cause, um, you know, it's the, a doula is there to, to help support during labor. And then the midwife kind of comes in same way a doctor, like you have your labor and um, delivery nurses who are more in there as caregivers to check on you. And the doctor comes in as needed kind of thing. So same, same concept with the midwife is, and I'm sure she could have played a more active role had we not had a doula, but, but Rebecca was there to care for me. Um, but yes, <laughs> Carrie knew to come quickly <laughs> just in case Claire decided to, to be like her sister <laughs> and come soon yeah. for sure. Did you end up transitioning from the, the tub into the, the birthing tub that was up in your living room or did you stay in your own tub just for the temperature and so yeah, so I actually did end up staying in um, in my tub. So what we've learned over the past three pregnancies and deliveries is that um, I transition really quickly. So um, it's not strange for me to go from two centimeters to, hey, it's time to push. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of my natural rhythm, if you will. So it didn't, they asked me if I wanted to move into the living room. Um, but I felt comfortable where I was. And, um, once they kind of saw like, Hey, she's going to be ready to push. Um, it, the laboring experience was really between me and Rebecca. Um, it was fun because Rebecca had come in, even though she knows us very well, she still came in to ask us questions before, um, beforehand. And she asked Kyle very pointedly, Hey, what kind of role do you want to play in Kelly's labor in the birth of this baby? Do you want to be an active participant? Would you rather, you know, kind of hang out on the sidelines and just watch? Would you rather just be called in when it's time? Like what, what is your want? And, um, Kyle said, I'm good with you doing it. <laughs> like, I want to come see my baby be born, but I'm kind of good. And that was really shocking and surprising to me just because of the role that he played with both um, Keegan and Kate. He was very much an active participant with both of them. 
looking back, like I realized it's kind of because he had to be like, he didn't really have a choice in the matter with either of them. So I really appreciated that question because I would have never thought to ask it. And I just assumed that he wanted to be an active role. Mm -hmm. So most of the laboring was really just me and Rebecca supporting me. So it was very quiet. It was very calm. It was very peaceful. Um, And so once transitioning started happening and it was looking like things were moving. The midwife came in with her, um, with her assistant who was training to be, to get, I mean, she had delivered babies, but she was in training to become a midwife. And um, Kyle came in and Rebecca kind of stepped to the side, but coached Kyle and how to help me. And um, how I was sitting, my tub is, kind of backed into a corner. So there's really only the front of the tub. Would you have access to the person? Like that's the only way you can get out. There's no other sides being exposed. I was kind of hanging over the ledge, you know, again, kind of on all fours, if you will, um, resting my head on the ledge. And um, so I was faced where the baby would come out towards the wall. So Carrie had no choice but to get in the tub with me. I know that that's not necessarily what she would have, you know, that's not now how she likes to do births, if you will. But she was very much okay with the fact that, hey, like, these are her wishes. She doesn't want to move and just hopped on in and um, delivered her. And I didn't have to, I didn't have to train, change, um, positions at all. So that was, uh, that was really nice because it made my life very easy and it was definitely the most peaceful, serene birth because I kind of just prayed and, you know, felt prayers over me and it was just very peaceful, um, compared to kind of the chaos that was Keegan and Kate. So, um, So yeah, I stayed in the tub and they came to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Did you, so did you experience again, the, the very quick transition and, and then pushing, falling pretty quickly after? Yes. So, um, I definitely, so it was interesting because I was very confident in this birth. I was very happy with, you know, who we had, um, to play a role in this, these births and was very confident in these women. Um, but as I was transitioning, getting ready to push, um, I, I said out loud, which I hadn't really said anything like, you know, it's just, like I said, very peaceful and quiet, um, said I can't. And I knew that that wasn't truth. And I knew that that was just like that that transitional moment. And I remember, I remember the Lord saying, yes, you can, like, we can do this. Like we've done this before we can do it again. And, um, but yeah, literally just kind of went through transition and, and Claire was actually out in one push, one really big push, but, but yeah. Um, birthing babies is a very interesting thing that I do. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. But yeah, it, she definitely, like I said, it, it moved pretty quickly once it was actually time to get her out for sure. Mm-hmm. And we're just that time of being at home with her in your tub, 
and then your girls were able, I guess, sometime after that to come in and meet her. And yeah, so she actually, um, fun trivial fact about my family is Keegan is November 3rd. Kate is December 13th. And I started labor. I was, I was really praying for her to be a December 3rd baby, like have those, like the threes, you know, cause the girls are Keegan, Kate and Claire were all K's. Um, so it was like another little, like cute, like they have something interesting, but she was born at 1145, December 2nd. Wow. <laughs> 15 minutes. And um, I remember telling them when I found out what time it was, I really just assumed, not because labor was long or intense or anything like that, but I just assumed that we had made it into the next day, Mm -hmm. honestly. And so when they told me, when Carrie came in and told me the stats, and I was like, y'all couldn't have told me that I could have waited 15 minutes. (laughs) And, And Kyle was like, Kyle said, um, you would have waited 15 minutes. I said, uh, do you know your wife? Of course I would have waited 15 minutes to get December 3rd on that birth certificate. Yes, you absolutely would have. Oh man. So, um, so yeah, so it was, yeah, (laughs) there you go. There's the fun factoid. (laughs) What was, what was postpartum like with her? And having your big girls this time too. So you have Oh gosh. And you did ask me about the girls. The girls came in the next, um, the next morning to meet her, which was really, really sweet to be able to get that time with Claire and then be able to get them to come in. I totally missed you on there. Um, postpartum, like I think the transition with the third, um, went really well. I was kind of concerned of like, you know, Keegan was so young when Kate came in, how will they do? But they just, they loved her so much um, having a little sister. And I think, again, like with every baby, you're just a little bit more confident. Um, we also um, this time had my placenta encapsulated and I did um, make that a part of my postpartum regimen. And I didn't do it quite the way that um, it was recommended. And I didn't end up taking everything, but I kind of used as needed when I felt like I was having um, hormonal dips in my days, we did use the placenta to kind of try to pick that back up. And, and even Kyle, you know, we were kind of, we didn't know if that was the right thing to do, if we should, if I should be consuming my placenta, um, biblically speaking, you know, what, what that looked like. Um, but in the end we decided that that was the right thing for me. And, um, Kyle even knew like if I was, if I had skipped a placenta or if I needed to take more, he's like, he could tell hormonally where I was. He's like, Hey, you probably, and it balanced out. And I feel like it helped, um, mentally recover, um, much faster than the other two for sure. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And then also aftercare was nice because we didn't come to them. They came to us. So that, that made life a little bit easier and, a a little bit less moving parts in the system, which you know how that is mentally to have many kids and trying to finagle and learn a situation and then also have to, to transition them somewhere. Um, Yeah. So it was nice to be able to not have to do all that. So that made life a lot easier too. Yeah. So was Keegan, so did you have three, three and under, right? As she was born? So yeah. So Keegan, Keegan was but she had, well, no, she had just turned four, right? Okay. No, three. 
three. She just turned three. Yeah. So yeah, three, three and under. Mm. Get it. <laughs> so anyone's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm crazy. <laughs> I am good, but we are crazy. <laughs> That's my standard answer if people ask how we're doing. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your so, birth yeah. stories with us. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Would you, do you have any, just to kind of wrap up, do you have any specific encouragement for um, maybe women who are preparing for pregnancy or who are currently pregnant or women who are processing through their previous births? Absolutely. So for women who are preparing for pregnancy or preparing for delivery, depending on where they are and all that. Um, I would say that know that those yearning in your heart that comes, you know, that may come from the Lord and you definitely need to be praying over it. And if something doesn't feel right, um, lean in to God and figure out if, if you need to be making some changes. Um, like for me, switching from an OB to a midwife was literally the best thing that I could do. And I felt like all the, um, all the loved ones in my life were kind of stacked against me. Um, but it ultimately resulted in being the best thing that we could have done and made for, um, a really unique and fabulous, um, birth stories. And I think even if things had looked differently, being with the teams that we were with, um, was comforting. So just being, um, okay with changing in the middle of pregnancy, if that's what you need to do, um, and being able to have those hard conversations and advocate for yourself and, um, and for this baby that you're about to bring into the world. Um, we, took a birthing class that was more knowledge-based than it was um, actively getting you ready for birth. It was just more, um, again, just knowledge than it was um, exercise, if you will. So while it was great, I do feel like if you could get into something like hypnobabies or um, the Bradley method, something that teaches more of how to birth, um, into birth. Well, I think is super beneficial for those mamas. And then also just knowing that just because your birth story doesn't look like how you want to, doesn't mean that it wasn't from the Lord or that you are less of a mama because you have to have a different, you know, scenario, like, because we ended up at the hospital after having Kate, like that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It didn't, wasn't sure how I felt about it, but it was what she needed. And, um, you also just because you don't birth a natural baby. I think a lot of times the stories that I get or, or the reaction that I get to my story is like, Oh, you're so strong because you had a baby with, you had babies without medication. And I'm like, no, that's what, that's what felt right to me. The idea of being hooked up to IVs and, you know, monitors that, that scares me. That makes me, um, uneasy, but if having an epidural is what's going to settle you to be able to have a better birth experience, like girl, you, you do what you have to do. And mamas who choose C-section like Jesse, 
the fact that you had to experience something like that, like your recovery looks a whole lot different than mine. You know, that's, that's major surgery. Yes. Is it something they do regularly? Absolutely. But that doesn't make it less major on your body. And, you know, I'm no stronger than you because I, that's how I had a baby. Um, so just letting women know that your birth story matters, even if it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like or what you wanted it to look like. Mm, preach. Good stuff. <laughs> well, thank you again for giving us your time. Thank um, you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. Now it's time to meet the birth worker. I'm sitting down with Leah to hear more about her work as a birth doula. Hey, Leah, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you. Would you mind telling us, um, introducing yourself and telling us a little about your family and what you do? Sure. I, um, my name is Leah Kilmer, and I am a birth doula. Um, I have three kids, and um, yeah, I pretty much watch my kids and come up with creative ideas to um, serve and love mamas and help people get excited about birth. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, what do you love about being a doula? Um, well, I, I just love, um, yeah, just similar to what you're doing. I love giving people hope and um yeah just helping people to to see like what birth is really about and um just reminding them of truth um because birth is really like about our design it's not about how strong a woman is or anything it's really just like such an honor and birth is such a beautiful experience it was made to be an honor and i love just helping um, yeah, just having conversation with women and um, just showing them like some of what I've seen and then also just offering them like the opportunity to get rid of fears and to welcome in hope and to look forward to your birth experience. We may have already touched on this next question a bit, but do you find that there are certain things that make having a birth doula v valuable? Yeah, for sure. I feel like when every woman, if she's like in her birth mind, like in birth world in her head, um, like you need somebody there to remind you of what's true. And because even me, like I've studied birth, a lot of women haven't um, because it fascinates me. It's it's something that I love. But even me during birth, I'm like, I forget everything because you're not in your thinking brain. You're not critical thinking. And if you have to come in and out of critical thinking and birth brain, it's just such a hindrance to the process. So I feel like it's amazing to have somebody there, not only to like serve in practical ways like massage or, um, you know, just like being able to help clean up and take care of things. But like, I feel like the most valuable thing that I offer and that I receive is somebody to speak truth and like they know the process of birth. So if something 
like alarms you, it might not alarm them. And if it's not alarming to them, then you're like, oh, okay. Okay, this is normal. (laughs) And Mm. it kind of frees you up to just be in your birth brain and frees your husband up to be there with you. Just be this quiet confidence, um, which I feel like is really important too. It frees the midwife up to focus on catching the baby and making sure everything's going the way it's supposed to. So, yeah, I feel like that's why a doula is really important. Mm. Do you think that childbirth education is valuable? And if so, are there childbirth education courses that you recommend? Yeah, I think childbirth education is amazing. Very, very valuable. Um, yeah, like I would recommend, um, I've, I took a hypnobirth class when I was pregnant, pregnant with my second and, um, I was a little bit hesitant because I had seen hypnosis in other areas of life and it was not something I wanted to be involved in. But through just listening to the joyful affirmations tracks and the, um, yeah, like just like letting, focusing on letting my body do what it needs to do and agreeing with it um, instead of resisting that helped me so much. And I feel like my heart was just being healed during that process in a lot of ways. It just helped me to release fears and um, trust my body. Like even during my second birth, I just remember breathing peace down to my baby. And that really helped me through transition. Um, I just kept thinking, I don't know if I'm doing this, but I was. Mm. And um, so that really helped me a lot. I love birth education. I feel like um, there's there are several classes that are helpful. That's just the first one that came to my mind. Great. So, yeah, I think it, taking a course by um, like a midwife or um, where a doula is a really great avenue because you learn more about oh yeah spinning babies is awesome you learn a lot more about how the baby actually travels through your body through like different stages of the pelvis um how their head kind of maneuvers through and their shoulders it's so cool and it helps you to understand that your body was like made for this and you work with your body and you're actually working with your baby too you're not like just trying to get through, you know, so Mm -hmm. that birth education is, um, clears out a lot of fears just by learning how things work. Mm -hmm. So So good. Yeah. Would you share with us how someone can reach out to you or learn more about your birth services? Sure. Yeah. I have a Facebook page called loving birth services and cause I love birth and Great. Email address is um, Leah Don Kilmer at gmail.com. So it's L E A H D A W N K I L M E R at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Leah. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, friends. Thanks for joining me today. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast 
platform you use. Don't forget to check out my website at hopefulbirth.com, where, if you're interested, you can make a request to share your birth story on a future episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.